there was definitely a time last summer when I wondered if I would ever see the same numbers again. And I'm back up to that point. And it just took being flexible and recognizing where I needed to shift and also being open to listening to people, you know, what were they interested in hearing about right now that still had to do with travel, but that they were more capable of doing. You're listening to the Branding Gems podcast. Podcast that is not just interviews and conversations. It's to bring you guys the best of the best women in branding and business to answer this question. What are your top three valuable tips and lessons that you learned along the way? And then we discuss it. To feel your passion-filled lifestyle business, I promise to bring you the best of the best women in branding and business, and together we can grow and learn from the extracted advice that they provide. I'm Peggy Bree, and let's get growing. Hi, welcome back to this podcast. Thank you for always continually being here and supporting me, and just for being so great. I wanted to ask if you can please rate this podcast on Apple and also follow it on Spotify. I would be so appreciative of that. I don't really know where this podcast is going to go, but I truly just want to meet other purpose-driven women with such great brands that we do better for the world you know like we need more of that we need more of that and we need more brand owners who are just not who you would think you know a bit more different and will do the world better that is what i hope for and i really want to continue this podcast to do that so if you can please support me that would be awesome and also other ways to support me is follow me on instagram at and also to add to this podcast let me know who to bring on let me know who you want me to dig out all the things about their brand and business from and just yeah send that over to me let me know and besides that a personal update is that I am still in Columbia and I do plan to be here I feel so assured in being here and I'm just really excited to see, I'm just really excited to be here and I'm just so excited that I can be part of his will and his kingdom for this place so I am here and in all honesty I feel kind of emotional these days. I feel like kind of sad lately, Um, it just feels like It just feels like sometimes lonely, but even though I have a community here, a church community here that I love and friends that I love, I would, I just miss having a man in my life. (laughs) Um, Anyways, that's enough of that and all the sad things, but I hope you love this episode. I can't wait for you to hear about it or let me know what you think. I love this guest. This was recorded last year, but it's still so fresh and yeah, keep me posted and be sure to rate this podcast on Apple and Spotify. That would do wonders and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. 
Hi, welcome back to another episode of Brandy and Gems. I have such an awesome guest today who I'm super excited to share with everyone. So today we have Leah Schaup and she's a travel content creator and the owner of the travel website gringajourneys.com. She began by sharing her experience of living abroad as a translator in Santiago, Chile, and has shifted over the past five years to writing and photographing all sorts of destinations around the world. Along the way, she's had the opportunity to work with brands like Toyota, Visa, Delta, Hertz, and more. You can find her beautiful travel photos at leahshelp on Instagram. Welcome, Leah. Hi, thanks so much for having me. Yes, I'm super excited to share your tips. You're such an awesome content creator and in this in this digital world, so it's awesome to connect again. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about uh, content creation today. Um, you know, it's been such a strange year, but I love talking about what I do, so I'm really excited to have a platform to do that. Yes, this is exciting. So let's dive right in. What are your top three tips on branding and business? And let's start with number one. Okay, so my first tip is to be an early adapter. And this is one that I sometimes feel like I have done and I sometimes have not. So I really want to put it out there for you guys. Um, So what I mean by being an early adapter is especially if you work in social media, all of these platforms are going to be releasing new features and new tools. And I think it's important to go ahead and jump on and start using those tools for your business. A lot of times the platforms will reward you for doing that. So one example that I can think of is with Instagram, you know, if you think all the way back to 2016, Video content wasn't really much of a thing on Instagram yet. Um, We didn't have Instagram stories yet. You only saw that on Snapchat. And all of a sudden, Instagram released that feature and kind of we received a signal that authentic video content was going to become important in the future. And that's one that I really wish that I had actually followed through and been an early adapter on. There have been other situations where I have, but that was one where I feel like I didn't do a good job. And, you know, especially within the last year, with travel content creation, it's been a lot more difficult than it would have been in other years to create new content. And I really wish that I had just had a stockpile of video content to use and to be able to use during 2021. Mm -hmm. So how have you been navigating with that shift in travel content creating and not having enough video footage to really support the, the times of the trends of using those tools? Yeah, so for me, it's been a lot about just shifting the focus of my content. Um, A lot of people in the industry have gone more into travel and lifestyle. I've still kept the focus on travel, but, you know, whereas prior to the pandemic, I was doing mainly international travel, I had to shift my focus to where Americans can go now. So with the majority of my audience being in the U.S., I shifted towards uh, more regional travel content. So a lot of that has been, you know, exciting places that you can stay where you can still social distance, Um, you know, glamping, things like that, where you can get outside, you still get to change where you are, because I think that's the main thing right now is everyone just wants to kind of change up their, their scenery and not just sit at their desk every day. You know, we don't have the same opportunities right now to travel, but you can still, uh, you know, get out and about in your own city or, 
you know, within your own state, explore national parks and things like that. So there definitely are opportunities still there for travel. And it was just kind of learning to tap into what people can do now. Mm-hmm. So with being an early adapter to features on Instagram, like the reels, for example, have you been implementing like reels in producing those content? And have you been like early adapting to those features? And And what do you feel about tapping into it and not let's say you're not really a video creator and just transitioning to that like do you find like would you usually switch back or do you kind of just go with it so this is something that I've definitely struggled with specifically with reels um, because I have not been a video creator in the past although something that I have found as a way to get around this is to just kind of begin with a video clip and then you can use your photos Like, let's say you're talking about um, Instagram spots in certain cities, you know, you already have those photos and maybe you just need a video to start that series. So that's one really good place to start. Um, I think for me, yeah, video content has been the really difficult thing, but I have been an early adapter in other areas. Um, So, for example, I don't know if you've heard of web stories are now out for Google and it's kind of almost like Instagram stories, but for Google. So I've been using all of those for all of my new travel articles, and I've seen a lot of success with that. So I've just kind of had to learn, you know, in certain instances where I didn't early adapt in the past, I look back and think, oh, I wish that I had. And when I see those new opportunities crop up in the future, I try to take them. Um, One tip that I wanted to give is, you know, if you're asking yourself, how can I be an early adapter, especially if I'm new to the industry, you know, how do I see these new trends coming? Um, and, and what I would say is, it's really important to network, especially within your industry. So a lot of my close friends, at least on the internet, um, are other travel content creators. Um, and this is a really great space, because whereas in my real life, <laughs> with my kind of IRL friends, I don't necessarily have the opportunity to talk about travel content creation because it's not something that they know about. But thanks to the internet and being able to network with other people in the industry, I'm kind of able to talk with them about what they see coming, what's on the horizon um, with Instagram, with Pinterest, um, and now with Clubhouse. Clubhouse has also been a great place to connect with people who are within your field and to kind of talk about, you know, what is everyone hearing about the industry? Where are we hearing buzz? What are people excited about? Um, what can I be implementing for the future? You know, what strategies are is everyone using where they're seeing success that maybe I could try? So I do think that something that's really important as far as learning to be an early adapter is networking, just meeting people in your industry. And, you know, I think one easy way to do that is joining Facebook groups around your industry, reaching out to people on Instagram who you think um, are within a similar field or who you might share some interests with, um, listen to podcasts. This is a really great space where you can learn something new and kind of be in touch with what the future is going to look like, what even a few months from now might look like on social media. 
Mm -hmm. So when it comes to being an early adapter for, let's say, an example like Clubhouse, where it is such a popular tool amongst everybody in this industry because there are networking opportunities and because there's a there's a less of it, it's an exclusive community. So it's nice to be able to meet industry experts so quickly in a room. So in using something like Clubhouse, what would you say is the best practice on being an adapter in that avenue besides being consistently in it? So I guess with Clubhouse specifically, it would be kind of finding the right people to follow who you think are going to be giving out advice that you might be able to follow. Um, So maybe joining clubs around your specific industry or finding people in different rooms that you've heard speak that you consistently find good advice from and following them and kind of putting on notifications to see when they might be speaking. Um, Also, just taking the opportunity to ask questions and come up onto the stage and speak. I know a lot of people find that really scary, but, you know, Clubhouse is somewhere where you actually have the opportunity to directly connect with someone who you might not be able to connect with easily outside of that, and you can directly ask them questions. So I've gotten a lot of great advice, you know, about new strategies without so within social media, you know, just as far as everything changes so fast in social media. So your strategy from three months ago might not be working anymore. And it's really great to be able to go into specifically social media and content creation rooms and be able to connect with those people who are finding success and who might have some tips for you. Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And it's like interesting, especially in this entrepreneur world, because it's so fast, like, even though it's fast, and the conversations that you're having with the the people around you, they're still so present and other brands and businesses, they take a while to catch up on how presently active and relevant the the times are. So it, it's an interesting, it's an interesting world. Yeah. And this kind of feeds into what I was going to say um, for my second tip, if it's okay for me to go ahead and give that. So my second tip was to consistently diversify your skill set. Um, This is something that I think every business owner learns at some point. And I think especially within the past year, we've all had to learn this really quickly, Um, especially if you're running your own business. And maybe if you are the only person in your business, it's important to always recognize new opportunities and skills that you'll need to learn. Like we were mentioning earlier, having the ability to pivot. You know, I went from mainly international travel coverage to more regional And it's just about recognizing those opportunities and realizing that it's okay to shift with your business. You know, maybe you started with one focus, but something happens and you learn that you need to shift and that's okay. So it's okay to be flexible as a business owner. You know, everyone also said, everyone always says to, you know, have your niche and have your focus, but sometimes you may have to change that along the way. Mm Mm-hmm. I love that. And it's true. And it, and it's interesting because when you do diversify your skills that you'll be able to fill in areas more quickly than having to outsource it on that spot and having to explain what you need done to the, the source. And, and when, so what are ways on how you kind of up level your skill set in, in diversifying it? And what, ha- like, let's say recently. So I guess 
I think it's easy to talk about this within blogging because I feel like blogging is such a big umbrella that covers so many skills underneath it. So I guess I'd say, you know, if you're getting into blogging, you're going to learn that you're going to constantly have to be open to learning new things and even updating what you already know. So, you know, things within blogging and going back to social media also change quickly. And I I guess this also ties back into networking. Networking is going to help you keep up to date with what skills you might need to spend more time on. For me, I kind of found this along the way, just as I started getting more and more into taking care of my own website, you know, trying to figure out how I could increase my traffic, what skills might I need to learn that are going to help me reach the goals that I have in mind. And I think that's really where you run into being able to identify the skills that you need to work on if you have kind of specific objectives or goals in mind. So for example, if you are, you know, opening your website or launching your website and you're thinking, okay, I have this goal of reaching, you know, 10,000 unique visitors a month. Okay, well, what steps are you going to take to get there? What skills might you need to learn or even refresh to help you get there? So things like search engine optimization, you know, learning to identify keywords that are going to that are going to help you rank for organic search. Um, you know, how can you use social media? Can you use Pinterest? Can you create graphics for Pinterest that are going to help people become interested in your brand and your website? How are you going to catch people's eye? Um, you know, are, how are you using Instagram? Are you creating that authentic content that people want to see? Mm-hmm. I love that. I love that. And I love that it's essentially when a problem arises, you're finding creative solutions to solve it. And in that way, you're able to learn more and, and really up your skills to to solve that problem. So that's so that's so interesting. Oh, absolutely. And that's why I think it's so important if you're going to be a business owner that you learn to be flexible. And I'm saying that as someone who is very type A. Um, I love organization. I love having a plan. But if I've learned anything in the past year, it's that you can't always predict what's going to happen with your business. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. So besides creative problems like finding or or like oh we need 10 unique visitors for the month what other I guess problems and solutions have you really experienced um that that stands out the most um well I guess if I can talk specifically about the past year the main problem that I had you know since I am pretty specifically within the travel industry I lost a lot of my traffic uh, beginning in March 2020. So I had to figure out in March 2020 when everything hit, okay, what can I do now? You know, how can I stay within the travel space but keep my business alive? So that's when I first started kind of brainstorming ways that I could pivot. So I actually started focusing a lot on armchair travel too which if you haven't heard of that, it's basically just how can I travel from home? So how can I travel without leaving my house? So it's basically ways that people can be inspired from home. Um, Can you read a book about a destination? Can you watch a movie? For example, if I'm dreaming of traveling to Italy, but maybe I might not be able to do that right now, can I 
take virtual tours of museums in Italy? How can I still experience that? How can I still experience wanderlust without actually getting out and or flying somewhere? Mm-hmm. I love that. So it's like when that pivot had to happen and the problem was how to experience travel without being able to travel. I love that you really took advantage of the virtual aspect of the shift and make travel part of it. So that's that's awesome. Yeah, I felt like there was a gap there because even though people couldn't travel at that moment in time, that doesn't make anyone's love for travel disappear or passion or desire to travel disappear. So, you know, that feeling was still there. So I felt like it was important to kind of latch onto that and give people ways that they might still be able to experience something that they really love, which is travel. Mm-hmm. I love that because it's true. Like you're experiencing it, but also everyone else is experiencing it too. But the difference is that you're creating solutions to really help people, ex- you know, eat up different content or experience it so that they'll also live it through you and, and be able to read the content that you have based on the situation. So that's, that's, that's cool. That's interesting. Yeah, and it's been really important, you know, especially in the past year to kind of watch that shift and see, you know, where everyone's interest was going as far as travel, because at first everything was very virtual. And, you know, now we're seeing a lot of interest in road trips and domestic travel. Um, So I've been writing a lot about unique places to stay that might be within driving distance to you. Um, So, for example, finding tree houses or geodomes that you can go and stay in where you can still socially distance from people but have that experience of going out and trying something new and having a new experience. Mm -hmm. So how has the response from the audience been like ever since this shift ever since them shifting with you? I have found it to be very, very good. Um, At this moment, my website is back up to where it was prior to the pandemic. So I'm very proud of myself. Um, I think, you know, there was definitely a time last summer when I wondered if I would ever see the same numbers again. And I'm back up to that point. And it just took being flexible and recognizing where I needed to shift and also being open to listening to people, you know, what were they interested in hearing about right now that still had to do with travel, but that they were more capable of doing. Mm -hmm. So what has been your experience and what is your tip in really building that community? Because you've done such a good job at it. So how has community really shaped up your business journey and how have you been able to maintain that community? So I guess I feel like my biggest tip as far as maintaining a community is I just try to show everyone that I'm very open, um, that if you have a question, you can always reach out and ask me. My, My DMs are always open. And this is something that I like to say at the end of every clubhouse room. You know, maybe if you didn't feel comfortable coming up to the stage to ask me a question directly, if you feel more comfortable reaching out and messaging me on Instagram, please do it. I'm always happy to help. And I feel like that has really helped people stay connected with my journey because I did start in such a different spot just because I started writing about living as an expat in Santiago, Chile. And now I'm back living in my hometown of Atlanta, still traveling, but everything is kind of shifted from me living as an expat, mainly traveling in South America to now 
you know, we're all living through a pandemic. I'm living in the U.S. And how am I still maintaining travel throughout all of this? Mm-hmm. So basically being available to your audience and being able to show that you're available to help them solve problems and, and to follow up on maintaining that relationship with their audience by allowing your yourself to, you know, be open to their conversations or any questions that comes. That's, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. And I think it's important too. And this goes back to figuring out ways that your business can adapt when everything seems to be changing. It's important to be open to asking your audience what they want to see. So, you know, if they, if you were really excited about one type of content, but maybe it didn't see much interest maybe that's just not what your audience wanted to see. So I think it's important to do, especially on Instagram, it's pretty easy to do things like polls and kind of gauge your audience. What are they interested in seeing? What did they enjoy? What do they have questions about? And within travel, um, you know, during more of normal times, those questions might be what type of destinations are you interested in hearing more about? Mm -hmm. So what has been like the number one question or or content that people have been trying to get from you? So I guess recently it's been more about where can I travel now is the main question that I'm seeing. Um, You know, they ask me where I felt safe traveling. Um, You know, if I can give any tips for places close to them where they might be able to travel where they can easily socially distance. So I've been recommending a lot of Airbnb properties, for example, that are kind of unique. Um, Like I've been working a lot. I'm from Georgia. So I've been trying to work with properties in my area just to kind of, A, show those properties some support because those businesses are struggling too. But also to show people that there are cool things to do close to you. Because I think a lot of times we forget that our own backyard is sometimes the most exciting place to explore. You know, um, I'm from Atlanta and sometimes I don't, I, sometimes it's difficult to want to write about your hometown or want to explore your hometown because it feels like other places are more exciting. And I think we kind of forget that there are so many cool things to do where you're from. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love how great of a solutionist you are. And when there are people have the questions within the industry that, questions that you couldn't think of, but you still have the answers or solutions for people who have these questions in your industry as you really did establish yourself as basically an expert in in this industry through your experience and content. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you. I mean, it's just been so important because, you know, like I mentioned before, I think a lot of people have slowly started to shift away from travel during this time. And for me, Mm. travel is what I'm most passionate about. So I think Mm -hmm. in that particular scenario, I wasn't willing to give up my industry, or my Mm -hmm. focus on that industry. So I just kind of had to be creative and find ways that I could still talk about travel. Mm -hmm. So good. Oh, my goodness. What is your final most valuable tip in branding and business? So my final tip is to recognize where your time is best spent. I think if you're running your own business, one of the best things you can do is start taking notes about where your time is going. And I think this is something that I ran into and I, you know, I had to kind of find a solution because I was realizing I would start one task and slowly get pulled away by another task and end up not finishing that first thing. 
So I think important questions to ask yourself are what tasks are taking up most of your time? And is this a good investment as far as where I'm spending my time? So I think something else that's important to note is, or to ask yourself, I think it's important to ask yourself if something's taking a lot of your time, when it would be better for your focus to be elsewhere, are you at the point where you might be able to outsource? Mm-hmm. So what do you do with tasks that you don't like doing? Do you just put them up in the priority list so that it becomes out of the way after, so that you can do the other tasks? Or what do you do with those particular tasks that take up a lot of time and you don't even want to dig through? Yeah, so I think the answer to that is going to depend on what point you're at with your business. So I think, mm-hmm. you know, if you're working alone in your business at this moment in time and kind of getting things started, my tip would be to go ahead and knock it out first thing in the morning, get it done, and then you have the whole rest of the day to work on things that might be more exciting for you. If you're at the point where you can outsource that task, I would say kind of make notes of, you know, what activities am I having to do that are taking up a lot of my time, but that I'm not enjoying. So for example, I know a lot of creators who don't particularly enjoy creating graphics for Pinterest pins. So that's something easy that they can outsource. And then um, they'll hire a Pinterest VA who can maybe batch create those pins for them. And then they don't have to worry about that time. So I think something important to do is just kind of start calendar blocking your tasks to kind of figure out where is my time even going? Because if you're just starting your day, you know, maybe you have a to-do list, but you don't really have any amount of time blocked off for each task. So I think it's kind of easy to get lost in the day and not really know where your time went. Mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned to ask yourself if it's better for your business if if you do a particular task over the other. Because it's like you can recognize a task and list it out as much as you can, but you have to ask those questions of, okay, if I do this, is it going to be better for the business? And those are important questions to ask during it. So what other questions is what should one ask themselves while they're really creating that task list? So I think it's important, you know, as you're talking about, you know, is this kind of worth my time? I think it's also important that you ask yourself, what is going to be the long term effect of this. So just kind of writing down, you know, maybe taking note, you know, today I wrote a blog post and then maybe a month from then taking the time and seeing, you know, did this pay off? Was this task a good decision? And kind of, you know, maybe every month or so just going and checking in with where you spent your time and asking yourself, should I change where my time is going or was this a good decision? Mm-hmm. I love that. And it really makes you use the best out of your time in bettering your business and also in ways so that it could be better later on as well. So that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think as a business owner, it's so easy to get pulled in a million directions because Mm -hmm. there's just so many different ways that you can spend your time. And it's Mm -hmm. important to just make yourself commit to certain tasks that you know you have to do. Mm -hmm. So a a question off of that, in terms of 
pricing structure and being able to communicate that to, let's say, brands and sponsorships with your quote-unquote worth and quote-unquote how you're going to be pricing it because it's not according to industry standard per se. What are some tips in, I guess, negotiating or communicating your price um, and, and your worth and time to brands and sponsors? Yeah, this is actually a really good question because I definitely think it ties back into where you're spending your time. So for example, if you have a brand reach out or if you are you know, in communication with a brand and they're asking for certain deliverables, you have to ask yourself, how much time are each of these deliverables going to take and how much is my time worth? So I think that's what you have to ask yourself each time. For example, if a brand asks you to create a video, that's going to be a lot more of an investment for you than having to take a picture, for example. So you just have to sit back and ask yourself, you know, be realistic. How long is it going to take me to actually complete this task? And you have to think, you know, if they ask me for a photo, they're not just asking for the photo. They're asking for me to post it on Instagram, to sit and engage with people, maybe to create stories around it. So you really have to make yourself be realistic and make yourself kind of fight for your worth and your time. Mm -hmm. I love that because it's true. Like with every piece of delivero, there is so much to consider. And I love that you basically break down what goes into it so specifically because things like, okay, well, even if I create this post, I would still have to create what type of kind of title or when to post an actual posting itself like takes time. So that's awesome that you're able to like break down each, I guess, project deliverable and task. That's, that's great. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so important. You know, if you're at the beginning of a conversation with a brand about a possible campaign or a way that you can work together, I think it's in so it's so important from the beginning to have them clarify exactly what types of deliverables they're looking for. Because Mm -hmm. from there, you'll be able to figure out your pricing. I would not just jump in and give them pricing right away until you know exactly what they're looking for. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Oh my goodness. And one final question, what has been like your most interesting story in this in this business journey so far? Most exciting experiences within the industry have been the opportunities to go on press trips. Um, I can think of specifically, I did a press trip to Italy in October 2019. And I look back now because that timing was so crazy. Just the fact that I got to go and experience the Vatican and see Rome before the pandemic hit. I look back now and I'm just so grateful for the timing of that trip and that I got to go and experience Italy and share that with my audience before everything was Mm -hmm. closed. Oh, that sounds so good. And I love how passionate you are with each and every experience and it really shows like how much you indulge and love the travel industry and how much you're able to really contribute to it it's it's awesome thank you so much yeah i just think i think travel is something that's really important to share because especially from my own personal experiences i look back and travel has made me so much more of an open-minded person And I'm so grateful for that change. I look back at who I was 10 years ago before I had so many travel experiences and I feel like I didn't know anything, you know. It's so important to be exposed to other cultures and to learn that 
maybe what's your normal isn't everybody's normal and that that's okay. And I think it helps you learn to be more accepting in general. Mm-hmm. I love that. And in terms of like passion finding and really um, choosing to create a business from that, what has been the top contributor to to for you to really think about, hey, like I could turn this to a business or I, I could turn this passion to a business? Like what was the what was that pivoting change that that made you realize that you could do this? Yeah, so for me, I actually started as a translator. Um, I translated academic research papers from Spanish to English, and I was doing that in Santiago, Chile. So I was still able to kind of have travel experiences at the same time. And that's when I started, you know, learning about photography, um, started writing about my travels and sharing my experiences living as an expat. Um, And kind of that's where my story started. But in 2016, I actually had to move back to the U.S. because my dad was re-diagnosed with cancer. So once again, you know, I feel like my life has involved all of these different pivots. So once again, I had to learn to pivot because I wanted to be home in the U.S. and help take care of my dad, but still have the opportunity to travel. So that's kind of when I started thinking, how can I change what I'm doing right now on Instagram or on my website and start offering even more for people to be interested in? How can I be more informational? Um, How can I start shifting to start doing this more than just part-time? So it was really in 2016 when I made that decision that this was going to be a business. And I think that's something that everybody has to decide for themselves. You know, when you have a passion you have to decide, is this something that I could make into a business? And would I want to? That's also an important question, if it's a passion, because I know a lot of people who once they take something they enjoy and turn it into their main career, sometimes it loses a little bit for them. Because before they loved it so much because it was where they were spending their free time. And now it's their career and what their livelihood depends on. So I think it's always important to ask yourself that question. Do I want to make my passion a business? Mm-hmm. I love that. I absolutely love that. It's so true. Like once you really have that passion on the side, it becomes a creative outlet, so to speak. But when you turn it into full time and it's going to be all that you do, sometimes there. what kind of motivation besides that besides creating more out of your passion is there more motivation besides money and and living on it exactly and and I think that's something especially within you know blogging and content creation that you have to ask yourself because you're not going to see money from this when you first start so you have to realize that blogging or content creation is a long-term investment and that you're going to have to invest in a lot of skills too along the way. So it's not only, you know, it's your time that you're going to be spending on this new industry. So you're going to have to make a decision very early on if it's something that you're passionate about enough to, to continue on with. Mm-hmm. Oh. My goodness, that's so true. Uh, Leah, thank you so much for being on this podcast. I love that you're able to turn your blog into a brand and a business and, and something that you actually passionately love and, and turned it into something that sustains. So that's truly inspiring and, and you're awesome. Thank you so much for being a guest. 
Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Like, I am always super excited to talk about blogging because I love doing it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if anybody has any questions, feel free to reach out to me. This is awesome. So what's next for you? What's next in Mia's world or even your business's world? So I'm just going to keep on with regional travel and I'm hoping that international travel will maybe open back up this summer and I'm kind of prepping all of my content around that. So mm-hmm. I kind of am just having to be open to seeing where everything goes from here on out. It's exciting. That is exciting. And it's it's nice when change happens and because change wouldn't have happened, you wouldn't have done certain things if change wasn't either forced to happen or if it happens. So it's nice that you're able to branch off to these different avenues and explore different different discoveries through any changes. So I'm excited for you. Yeah, thank you so much. I think that change is something that everybody has to deal with at some point in their life. So I mm-hmm. think it's really important just to kind of learn how to go with the flow and to take it as positively as you can. Mm-hmm. So true. So where can people find you? So my travel website is greengoodjourneys.com or you can find me on Instagram at Leah Schaup, L-E-A-H-S-H-O-U-P. And yeah, feel free to send me any questions you might have. Awesome. Oh my goodness. Thank you again for being on this podcast. Your tips were absolutely fabulous and and you're just such an awesome creator in this space. So, so thank you so much for sharing your tips. Yeah, no problem. Thanks again for having me. Awesome. Awesome. So we are going to sign up. Thank you again for people listening and we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye. Well, you made it to the end. If I could ask you for one thing in the world at this very second, it would be to rate this podcast on Apple and give it a follow on Spotify or wherever you're listening to this podcast right now. I would totally appreciate you and... Yeah, I'll talk to you next time. Bye.